Hello and welcome to your new weekly edition of this Cybrox. My name is Scott Patterson, as always, you're very welcome. Joining us for our final pod before Christmas, <coughs> we are joined by Andrew Anderson. Hi, Andrew, how are you? I'm very well, Scott. Glad to be on tonight. Good to see very, you. Very welcome, Andrew. And, and after a, a wee layoff, Dylan Brand returns to the pod. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Scott, glad to be back on and it's season did trolley, especially since last night. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Jim McMillan is back for another gander with us. Hi, Jim. How are you doing, Scott? Good right, to be on you? here with the guys. Ah, good to be on with the guys. Give us uh, three points in Santa's bag on Saturday. Indeed, indeed. So on this week's pod, as I say, it's your final one before um, Christmas. We're going to do <clears> a little piece on the St Myrne tie on Boxing Day, which we now know does go ahead. Um, we speak about Nathan Patterson, potentially a, a, another bid from Everton coming in from him north of £10 million, you would imagine at some point in January we should expect Ross Wilson to receive something, if reports are correct. Um, but first, Andrew, I'm going to start with you and um, Scottish football even at this time of year when giving is so important, um, it never fails to disappoint, does it? It doesn't. I don't... Um, I can't think of another word other than shambles. It's an utter shambles. And it's been a shambles for the last three or four days. Uh, I'm not sure your feelings on it yourselves, lads, but I just can't help but feel this is... This is completely unnecessary and a total waste of time. Yeah. Every report I keep seeing about the... The compromise to bring the, the winter break forward. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. We're, we're, we're then bringing us back two weeks or a week and a half earlier than the winter break should have been, yeah. i.e. January the 16th, 17th. Now, all the reports I seem to be able to find on it is, when it comes to Omicron or COVID in general, the peak of this variant they're predicting in February. Yeah. So if this is solely about letting fans back into a football ground, and minimising the amount of games we go to with 500 or less fans, be it, albeit, that's not going to work in my opinion. There's, there's not a one single rule from this whole start from March 2020 that's taken less time than they expected. So I cannot understand the reasoning behind it, and it's a total shambles. Personally, personally, from my point of view, Christmas is about children, and it's about your family and your friends, and that's all, that's all smashing. But when it comes to people who are investing in a football club, that's a massive part of the festive period as well, especially yeah. the Boxing Day game and the New Year's Derby. That is, it's massive. And to be missing out on that, now don't get me wrong, I understand that there was going to be no fans there and you're back to the way it was last season, which is not ideal, not at all. Yeah. I would have happily sat in that couch in there with a few cans of beer and watched the game in the telly, quite happily, understanding the reasoning behind it. The reasoning behind delaying or bringing forward this winter break makes no sense to me at all. None. Dylan, the thing for me is that there seems to be a, a real expectancy that come that sort of week commencing the 17th of January, um, winter break will have passed and, and everything will be back to normal. That seems highly unrealistic for me. I think we'll be lucky to have full capacities back much before Easter time, to be perfectly frank. Yeah, it does feel so like the beat of last season, isn't it? You, know, you just keep hoping that it would just pass over and that we can get to some sort of normality. But, yeah, I, I, I'm the same as you. I really don't expect us to be at full capacity before spring. I mean, no. you know, look at, like, gigs are getting cancelled right now. So, yeah. I can't expect them. Um, I don't think it's reasonable to expect a fellow who is at, like, Ibrox, Hampton, Celtic Park come the first few weeks of January. And as Andy says, you know, it's... Any day people say it's just football, but... 
probably people like him, people like other my others, you know, it's like on boxing day, it's like a sofa thing, you go to the pub, just be able to not see in the wild. Same for New Year and Christmas Fury, then you just go watch your team play and they have that taken away from us literally a few days before Boxing Day and a week before New Year Derby. It's just it, it just sucks to be a football fan up here. Jim, though, as, as the as the news sort of broke from from um, Nicola Sturgeon and and the suggestion was there would be five hundred fans in in the ground up and down the country. There was something um, there was something quite attractive, if I was brutally honest with you, about Rangers going to Petodre and Celtic Park and playing in front of five hundred people. Um, there was something that that. That appealed to me. I, I think that would have been something that would have been right up our street, particularly the trip um, on the 2nd of January because uh, they are shiting themselves from us just now. Uh, they definitely are. Um, I really agree with the guys. It's, I could see this coming. As soon as we were mentioned about postponing it or bringing it forward and, and things like that, I just, I just, something in the back of my mind was saying, I don't going to do anything just to, just to stop the games altogether. Um the idea of playing in front of 500 fans, regardless whatever stadium it's in, is still, it doesn't really bother me as such, in a sense that at least there'll still be a game on somewhere and you can still watch the game. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I've actually stopped it all together after, after Boxing Day and looking forward to the, the game uh, in December or January was, was appealing to me. And as you're saying, I've played in front of 500 fans and just... <laughs> Getting up them pretty much is what Aye, I was looking for. Absolutely. Uh, but it's, it's not under that way, unfortunately. Andrew, I th- I th- the guys are, are directly referring to, to the Boxing Day tie, um, which is a, is, a, listen, is a huge tie in the Scottish football calendar. I, I think a lot of um, supporters use that as the opportunity to, to take their, their families, maybe... I've got a young fella myself and over the fullness of time when he's old enough and can behave himself enough to do it um, he, Boxing Day is, is a fixture that you would mark in the diary to say listen we'll, we'll take you to a game that day it, and minimising the crowd to 500 just it, it, it completely takes the pizzazz off that tie doesn't it? It does um, I mean I'm, I'm... I was going to go with my dad, get a few pints and enjoy the day out. I'm quite sure I'm not alone in that. There'll be yeah. people of length and breadth of Scotland who planned on going for a pint with their fathers that day and, and going to watch a game of football. Um, and that's disappointing that we uh, won't be able to do that. Unfortunately, I never got a ticket in the, the ballot of 500 this afternoon. So it'll <laughs> not, be the on, not the day. Not the <laughs> So it'll be sitting on the couch and watching it, which, which again, Scott, I'm more than happy to do. And I, I can get my head around the reasons for why that might be the case when it comes to a pandemic. What I can't get my head around is bringing this winter break forward and putting, putting these games back three or four weeks as if that's going to make a difference. It's yeah. absolutely nonsensical. And I'm sorry if that's coming across angry or aggressive in any way, but I'm absolutely livid about it. Livid. No, I, I mean, listen, I, th- I think the the crux of it is across the sort of the, the Rangers sort of community and on, on social media, the reaction is, is exactly the same. I think... <laughs> A lot of people are just are fed up with what, what seems to be a, a knee-jerk reaction. Even we're recording tonight, the 23rd, um, and I, I've not long seen a, a news article that states that the Omicron, while it spreads really quickly, hospital admissions are, are low and, and down as low as, as you would like them to be. Um, if it was going to be worse in February, 
do do we run the risk of having to shut down the country again? And as a result, the football gets gets shut down again. I, I don't know if the footballing support up and down the country, whoever you support, um, would would tolerate that happening again for a couple of reasons. We all like to get in and watch our team. Um, but secondly, you know, I think from a financial perspective, everyone understands the, the importance of finance at this time of the year. But when you've been asked to put out your season tickets on the back of a season where you couldn't get near a stadium, you're doing it in the proviso and the hope that you're going to get nine months of football. Every home game, every away game, you're going to get to go to these games. And I think there's now a real risk that we're not going to have that opportunity. And the the one tie that sort of jumps out at me right now, Jim, um, that we may miss out on is, is the Dortmund tie Ibrox, which I think is a tie that the Rangers support would be really, really, really looking forward to getting in and checking out. No, exactly. No, I agree with that. No, the Dortmund game is definitely a game you would like to have fans at European nights at Ibrox, regardless of who they're playing against. Dortmund, big, one of the biggest teams in Germany, big, one of the biggest teams in European football. Yeah. You, you love to see them. You love to see them come here and have the fans behind you, 50,000 cheering on the team behind you. And then... <clears throat> So they become all political, but then you've got Sturgeon well, want to welcome everybody around the world into their houses and then yeah. lock out football fans yeah. in an indoor stadium, an outdoor stadium. It's just it's just nonsense. Um, again, I'm trying to keep I'm I'm as angry as Andy right now, I'd, I'd say, but I'm I'm just trying to keep it mild, shall we say, for the audience that's listening. <laughs> you want to see um, him off air, guys, he's an absolute machine. <laughs> oh, I've, seen a, I've seen a WhatsApp group, I've seen a WhatsApp group chat, not really. <laughs> and and, and I mean, Dylan, I mean, the, the guys are, are sharing the frustration of um, maybe not getting into our immediate game, Boxing Day, I referred to, to the Dortmund game. Um, you instantly look at the, the sort of immediate football calendar that's coming along and we know we're going to miss the we're going to miss the, the sort of traditional um, New Year's derby. Um, there's going to be limited support in for, for, for Boxing Day. Big games. Um, and that's the thing. They, they really are big games for Rangers. We're coming to a crucial time of the season where um, the support are going to be important. Um, Travelling support to, to Pataudry is, is always a, a good to have. I'm sure if you were to ask a player how important was it having the, player, the, the fans up there, um, <clears throat> To, to support you through 90 minutes at Pataudry, um, they they would they would rely on that in, in some way, shape or form. So um, when we do eventually get started again on the that week commencing the 17th of January, good chance is it's still going to be 500 then it could be like that for a, for a good couple of months after then. Yeah, it's a shame because they say, you know, they're the biggest games, well, probably the biggest run of games for us this season. Yeah. And, you know, even to look at sort of Scottish football, I mean, you've got, like, the Inver Derby as well. Yeah, That'll be absolutely. quite uh, 500. The Dundee Derby as well, 500. So, um, you know, obviously, we're a Rangers podcast and we have our own self-interest, but when you look at all those other games, you know, you've got this feel for not just only us, but for, like, everyone's Scottish football. Yeah. And, you know, as Andy James said, you know, this time of year is always, like, good to socialise, over a bit with your dad. I also feel as if, like, between, like, Box Day and New Year's is always, like, a lot of people's first game at Ibox. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, that, that's, that's going to mind my first game being, like, on New Year's Eve. So, again, they're not going to have that opportunity till, you know, midway to January. But then, let's be honest, I'm probably not going to get that chance till at least till the end of the season. So, just by the way, the football authorities are going about it. 
uh, yeah, it's just a shame because we got guys on the podcast. I was really looking forward to these stretch of games, yeah. and the fact that we're not being able to see it and cover our own homes is quite cutting. Andrew, I missed all the furore of the week, um, and the the cynic and every Rangers fan I think felt that everything was being moved around to to accommodate um, one club, and they went to to Love Street to play St Mirren Juveniles on Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night? Wednesday night? Wednesday night, I apologise. Um, <clears throat> and made a right arse of it, to be perfectly honest with you. So karma is, is alive and it exists and it, it's, it's in Scottish football right now, isn't it? It seems to be, yes. It seems to be um, getting the, the gap up to seven points there in the weekend was, was excellent. Um, as soon as we lost to Hibs in the, the, the Cup semi-final, and Celtic had won the previous day. Yeah, as, as gutting as that was, and as galling as that was, going out in that, especially in that fashion to Hibs, yeah. I thought to myself, you know what? Putting that wee bit of pressure with the game, they'll have a weekend of a cup final, we'll have a weekend with a league game. Putting that wee bit of distance between us, as we all witnessed last year, um, having points on the board matters a hell of a lot, hell of a lot more than a lot of folk care to admit. Yeah. Um, so I thought that would be excellent. So get it to seven points, and then during the week there with St Mirren, almost hourly later in the SFA wanting a postponement because of COVID, <laughs> which, I, which I totally understand. I totally understand why they were doing it. Um, and then to start the game last night, to have a wee look at the teams and think, oh, that could be a cricket score. You know, to, to check it later on and see that actually St Mirren have held them to a nil-nil draw with the team selection they had. And I believe Jim Goodwin was making reports thereafter that he didn't even know some of the young boys' names. Yeah, um, Such was the... Such was the manner in that the squad was flung together in the afternoon uh, of the game. So to see that happen, you're right. I think that's the perfect word for it, Scott, is karma. And two points dropped and six points six points clear at exactly the halfway stage, which is pretty much all you could ask for. I've a lot of things up for the Christmas holidays as well, so that's why you played last night. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fair, it was a weekend Celtic team for last night, so half the team are still playing in Dingwall, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing that, that got me um, about the whole thing was that, if you're being brutal, everyone expected Celtic to go there last night and get a real sort of rousing yeah. result. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone explained. We went seven clear um, last weekend. You always think that regardless of how well or not they're playing or how strong you believe or how, how strong you don't think they are, um, they're always just going to win at the back of us. And ultimately, the, the, the league's going to be decided on the games between us and them. I still think that's the case. Um, however, Andrew, I completely agree with your point. Going in at the halfway stage with a, a six-point advantage um, still to play them three times, I think is is a is a really comfortable cushion for us to to take into what is now a, an earlier um, winter break. Jim, I I wonder what you think the this the six point sort of gap will do for guys that sort of three or four weeks ago against Hibs at Hamden looked like they were really struggling with the the weight of the jersey all of a sudden for whatever reason. I seem to find a new lease of life since that game. Um, yeah. Since Gio's came in, he's sort of freshened things up a bit. And I think it's, I don't I'm under the impression that this is new manager syndrome that's came in. They've actually taken to him and yeah. playing well. Um, as I said before, last time was on long, may it continue because he's, he's not lost a game. He's not, he's keeping the zero, uh, which is always good to see. Yeah. Um, but I'm just enjoying 
enjoying the way that they have been playing the game against Dundee United at the weekend was wasn't the best of games, but still got still got over the line there. Yep. Um, and, and hoping for a hoping for a decent performance against St Mirren at the weekend, and um, see how it goes from there. But uh, aye, that's what I'm looking for. Dylan, I think we Jim's absolutely right. He refers to almost that new manager syndrome, the bounce, if you like that. I think everyone expected to see when, when the previous guy left and, and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst came in. Um, I think we're now past that stage and we're looking at a group of players that are actually really enjoying their football again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it just feels like last season, you know, it just seems everything's just clicking. Yeah. And even West, you know, you know, we don't really have like a centre back. The fact that we can build that trust in the youngster like Bassey just shows that we have so much, so much more confidence uh, playing with that. Um, again, as James said, you know, we've been able to keep Queen Seas as well, which is really important for to see one goal since Broncos arrived. So, in the week anyway, but aye, we're playing with real crew right now. Um, this as well that they managed to get the the winter break brought forward because I really thought we would make them a trash and um, absolutely a silly bar. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get the opportunity in February. Fingers crossed. Uh, Andrew, I want to speak about Nathan Patterson. Incredibly spells his name with two T's in the first instance. However, um, it does look like Everton are not going to just disappear. Um, and I going by reports that we've seen in, in the press this week, it appears that they are going to come back for him in January. I would suggest to you that uh, a bid upwards of £10 million would probably be enough to prize Nathan Patterson away from us. I think you're probably right, Scott. Um, I would I would maybe say north of 12 in that respect for the sheer fact that after Giovanni Van Bronckhurst came in, he's quite clearly in his plans somewhere. Yep. Um, he was getting, I'm sure we've all said it on the podcast, he was getting game time under Gerard, but it was um, at the, at the leaving out Tavernier, swapping Tavernier and him is what I'm looking for, yep. um, which Gerard was a good far off with the goalkeepers in various other positions. Van Bronckhurst seems to see it differently. And whatever way that slices down, he's in his thoughts and he must rate him. So yep. like we all do, I'm quite sure he's a, he's a passion player. I would like to think it would be North of 12 coming in for that, but you're right, it just shows they're going nowhere Everton and they want their man. Generally, for an English team, especially an English team of the provenance of Everton, come after a Scottish player, they get them. They do get yep. them. Absolutely. However, I would just like to see, I'd like to see his hold on and be a wee bit stronger. Money talks, money always talks, we know that. That's absolutely fine. We understand that. We're all fans. But it's about time we stood back and says, no, he's worth this. So you repay this or you get nothing. Yeah. Dylan, I'll tell you what, the the, the glaring thing for for Nathan Patterson, for, for me, and he must see it himself, um, is that I think he would walk into that Everton team right now. I think he'd gone as the first pick right side center, uh, right sided fullback. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you couldn't do much worse than Patterson, especially with... The potential that he has, yeah. and you know the fact that he would probably be scoring starting right back for years to come. Yeah, um, agreed. Again, it's it's a hard one because obviously we we want to keep our best young players, but when you're looking at a guy that's not starting as much games as Davnier, and you get a bid of let's say they handy bid twelve million, that that's quite a hard bid to turn down, especially for a player that's. Not a 
a, an absolute nail on in the team. And this isn't unfortunate for him that, you know, it's Davin you were talking about, you know, a guy that yeah. scores so many goals, so many assists for us. And when you're coming up against him, it's it's hard to nail down that place in the team. So, again, I, I, I would love us to keep Patterson. I do believe that she does have plans for him, but if everything come in with a stupid bid, then, again, you have to consider it. Jim, the interesting thing for me is if that if that bid comes in, and let's say for argument's sake, ten million pounds, okay? If that bid comes in, does any of it go to to Giovanni van Bronckhorst to strengthen the team, or does it fill a wee bit of a, a hole in the coffers that's existing there just now? Um, well, the the board are coming out saying there's no panic to to sell players and. Keep no keeping a hold of players if they need to keep them. Absolutely. Um, so if a if a bid came in for him, when we took ten million or anything above that for him, I could see that going straight into the team again, and then potentially another fullback for him. Yep. Uh, again, you don't know if Gio's got an eye on players in, in Holland or elsewhere. Um, but I could see it. I wouldn't see it going to to sort of plug the holes as you say there, Scott. But I'd see it. Uh, I could see it going back into the team if we had to if we had to use it. So yeah. because I do think we need we do need a a, a second player in every position, I would say. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a bit we're a bit like centre half just now and we've seen Bassey fill in there, which he's doing well and um we've seen Tavier try to start the last game, the Dundee United game, we started it for about <laughs> two minutes. So but I see if if he had to go if he had to go sell parts and um I'd see him getting replaced by somebody else. So we kind of just have to have their plane. So we no. need to, we need to get we need to get a replacement for them. And listen, I don't want to I don't want to show my age at all, um, because it's it's probably an unknown fact. I am the oldest member of the pod group, despite looking as young as I do. Um, I obviously Patterson started the left back at the weekend, and and I remember um, a guy that played for Manchester United in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, Dennis Irwin, who played at left back and was quite consistently excellent at left back and he had next to no left foot in him, right-sided left back and he was absolutely first class. And I thought Nathan Patterson filled in um, for Barisic against Dundee United at Ibrox at the weekend pass. Really good, looked quite equipped and, and looked like he could handle that position if, if worst come to the worst. I, I wonder if the they see him maybe moving over there over the fullness of time. Now that Bassi seems to be establishing himself as one of the centre-halves, um, unquestionably our second-choice centre-half right now. So it'll be one to watch. As I say, I reckon Everton will <coughs> sort of come knocking on doors um, at some point in January and, and ask some questions. And I think if there is a bid for a player that's sitting on the bench of, again, north of, of £10 million, I think it will be very, very difficult for for the Rangers board to knock that back and for Ross Wilton to say, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna stand strong. I hope they do, because I think he's a he's a great player. He's a fantastic player. He, he's one that I think could could win trophies and make his Champions League debut next season if he's prepared to hang around. However, um it'll be down to how um maybe how comfortable it makes him as a as a footballer and, and, and a young man, which I think we all appreciate. Uh, Andrew, we, we we do have a game on Boxing Day to look forward to. And all being, uh, uh, assuming that some of them don't have any more positive COVID tests between now and and the game on Boxing Day, St Mern come come to Ibrox. There's a real opportunity, and I, I don't want to steal the Dave Cornish line, um, but there is a real opportunity to give them 
an absolute doing on Boxing Day? Well, um, I made a comment a couple of weeks ago about somebody. It was a, 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 a comment, Dave Cornish, circa August, September, remember? <laughs> uh, I thought it may have been Dundee United. Um, they were on the receiver end of a, of a thumping. Yep. It wasn't to be. And I kind of I pride myself on never going down that line. And I let it, I let it slip for that. <laughs> I let it slip against Dundee United. They had their, their COVID issues. They were bringing, well, we didn't know who they were bringing. We knew it wasn't going to be anywhere near a full-strength squad. Yep. And I thought, you know, this, 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 could, be, this could be good. Turns out a, a foggy Saturday, miserable, dreary game. Yep. Albeit we won and we won fairly. Um, a fair game. We deserve to win the game. Um, that's fine. <laughs> and as much as you're right, somebody will be due a doing, and it could be St. Mirren because of their problems, but they've shown just how good they can be. Yeah. Um, St. Mirren last night, they were, from all what I've, what I've heard and read, they were organised, they, they were strict which is fantastic to see from young players, really, if you're being honest Absolutely. about it, to see young players come into a game like that and be as strict as they were, um, it's fantastic. So it's coming to Ibrox on Boxing Day, albeit in front of only 500 fans, is a, a different thing altogether. So I would like to think it should be a, a run-of-the-mill, get-in, get-out, three points. I'd like, to, I'd like to think it was that, Scott. And, and just to confirm, Andrew, you weren't one of the guys that got the QR code email today. You are definitely not going on Boxing Day. Definitely not going. Definitely not going. I, I actually want a, a good friend of mine sent me a message to say he actually got one. So they, they are they are existing. They are in and around the public domain. You can get them. Right. Um, right. Okay. Dylan, I wonder how you feel about going into the, the game on Boxing Day. Obviously, we go from having full capacity um, against Dundee United at the weekend to having something that doesn't resemble anything like that on Boxing Day. I wonder how the players will adapt to that. Again, you would hope going into it would be relatively comfortable. Well, I was going to say that apparently we don't play well in full crowds, so again, <laughs> good thing for us. But, uh, Touché. Joking <laughs> <laughs> aside, um, yeah, it'll be a weird atmosphere. I feel like almost weirder than having no fans, just because you can hear like people in the stadium, but it just won't be that roar or like you know that that feeling. But yeah, I don't think it'll be a doing. I think. As Andy said, from what he's read, they sound like they put in a good, solid, solid performance. Um, very structured. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Trump could even give some instructions just to keep it tight um, and then try to hit us in the break. But yeah, I think the way we're playing right now, the confidence that we have in ourselves, um, I think we should be able to win it comfortably. Um, again, a win's a win any day, so even if it's 7-0 win or 1-0 win, it's still the same. But it would be quite encouraging for us to has been a good performance before winter break. Jim, I think it would be good to, I mean, I use the term I, I doing a little bit facetiously. Ultimately, um, you get three points for a 6-0 and you get three points for a 1-0, as we witnessed last weekend. Um I think it's an opportunity for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to really go all-out attacking. However, I do think there's an opportunity for him to, to unleash Sakala, Kent and Morelos at the weekend, particularly if St Mullen do rock up with a, an understrength team. I mean, Jim Goodwin has, has said this week that he thinks the only guy that will be fit and ready to go that missed the, the game midweek will be Anik, the goalkeeper. Um, so from an outfield perspective... Um, they'll 
be as they were um, during the week. We we must go into that game with huge confidence, and hopefully, it's a game we can can add to our, our goal scoring tally. Aye, well, it's a, a fair clip kick-off as well, so most of the St. Mirren players will be able to play and they'll be tucked in their beds, so... <laughs> but um, I, agree, I, agree with the, I agree with the guys, you can't take, it, you can't take any game lightly now, because this is just... The players, the young players have got their, got their opportunity to play for them, they're, they're fighting for their place in the team, and yeah. showing, they can, they're showing their worth. Um, but I do, I do expect us to win comfortably um, on Saturday. Uh, if Eric's explain. That'll be a boost for, for St Mirren, I would say, because yeah, I'd, I'd say he's a, great, he's a great keeper. He's yeah. a great keeper. Um, he's, I would say he's probably only probably the likes of Xander Clark um, yeah. in the league, and he's, he'll have a point, a point to prove against us as well. And um, Probably uh, any keeper that seems to come to the books these days, you never hear from any time they play against the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I, would, I, would hope, I hope we've got a, it's a comfortable win for us on Saturday anyway, and we put on a, a performance again. This is a, you see, we don't have any other games after this one, so maybe we've just gone full pelt against them. And of course, the good thing for me is that uh, on, on Boxing Day, um, our friends across the city have a, a tie up at St Johnston. Now, St Johnston aren't pulling up trees this season by any matter of means. Lost their two main influential players last season. Um, however, they, they need to pick up points as well. So it'll be interesting to find out how they get up, uh, got on up the road at Perth at the weekend and of course play before us. Um, it would be nice to know that um, we kicked off at three o'clock perhaps in the knowledge that they had dropped points shortly before before us. That would be a nice wee, uh, a late Christmas present. Speaking of which, Jim, all the best to you and your people f- for Christmas when it comes. I hope you have a lovely time. Same to you and the family and uh, everybody else is on the This Is iBooks pod. Dylan, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I, I hope you have a fun, fantastic Christmas, you and your partner. Um, you too, mate. And uh, hopefully the next time we're on, you'll be talking about how we extended our weave at the top of the table. And Fingers. looking forward to the old firm game. Fingers crossed, mate. And, and Andrew, welcome back again. Um, and all the best to you and your people for, for Christmas. Hope Santa is very good to you all. I'm sure he will be. Same to you, Scott, and to all the guys. Merry Christmas. Have a good one. So it's worth pointing out this Ibrox wishes all its viewers and listeners, if you're checking us out on YouTube or Spotify, Acast, you know where we are. Um, we wish you all uh, compliments of the season. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas. We will be back for the final pod of the year uh, next week when we will review, hopefully, um, a Boxing Day victory against St. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. <laughs>